listening to Be Health Connected, a podcast by the St. Louis Area Business Health Coalition. Your host for today's episode is Annie Fitzgerald, BHC Manager of Wellbeing Strategy and Health Solutions. Hello, I'm Annie Fitzgerald, and welcome back to the BHC's Be Health Connected podcast. Work-life balance has become a buzzword in recent years that describes the practice of maintaining symmetry between one's personal life and professional life. As employers are prioritizing benefits, policies, or programs that help create a better balance between the demands of work and life outside of work, an emerging concept in the occupational therapy field called occupational balance is challenging this dichotomy. To discuss this concept and provide examples of how employers can encourage occupational balance in the workplace, I'm joined by Alicia Bregeman, who is an occupational therapy doctoral student at Washington University School of Medicine. Alicia, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of course. We're, we're excited to, to hear about occupational balance. Um, for those listeners who aren't familiar, can you provide a little bit of an overview of the concept of occupational balance? Yeah, definitely. So first, I'd just like to briefly explain occupational therapy and occupation to just provide some context for everyone. So First, occupational therapists are professionals that work with individuals and groups to promote their participation in occupations. So now when I say occupations, I don't necessarily mean work or the job that you do. Anytime today when I say occupation, I'm more referring to anything you do that occupies your time. And this definition includes, but isn't limited to work. It also includes leisure, health promotion, sleep and rest, home care, education, and many other activities. Um, so now that we know, you know what occupation is and how I'm gonna define it today, we can get into why we're here today to talk about occupational balance. So occupational balance is the personal feeling of being satisfied and fulfilled with the quantity, quality, and variety of occupations that you participate in in your daily life. And so, you know, in preparing for the episode, we talked a little bit about um, occupational balance and the, the idea that it can kind of be a subjective concept. And, and you use a fun analogy to further explain it. Can you provide that, that analogy? Yeah, I would love to. Uh, So I like to think of occupational balance as a recipe, specifically a recipe for a sandwich. So for example, if we're creating a recipe for our ideal sandwich, everyone has different preferences for ingredients to include the complexity of the ingredients, what flavors they like, and the intensity of the flavors. I enjoy some hot Italian sandwiches. Someone else may not be into that kind of sandwich. So for my ideal recipe and anyone else's, we need to include um, different components to make it a well-rounded meal and have a variety of necessary ingredients in the right amount to meet our nutritional needs, satisfy our hunger, and most importantly, provide us with the meals that we enjoy. So similarly with occupational balance, we should strive to create our own personal recipe. And in our daily life that incorporates a variety of occupations or ingredients with the balance between activities that are necessary for us to do in order to sustain our health, home and life, as well as incorporating activities that provide meaning and stimulation to our day. So 
I'll say this can be difficult to do and our recipe for occupational balance may change regularly. So not to run too far with this analogy, but we practice and become better cooks and better at reflecting and applying the, the concept of occupational balance to our lives. And as we do this, we're, we can more easily adjust our day based on our personal needs and the influence of the world around us to make this perfect recipe for occupational balance in our own lives. I know uh, I love sandwiches, so having a, a fun analogy like that is always helpful. So, you know, I, I think I especially appreciate your comment on, you know, we, we become better cooks. And so we can maybe maintain a better sense of occupational balance as we learn the concept and better understand the different, different occupations um, that, that we participate in throughout our daily lives. So um, just, I love that analogy. It's always nice to, to have a, a simpler way to think about a complex concept like this. Now, you know, the concept itself, it sounds somewhat familiar um, and it sounds a lot like work-life balance. Um, how does occupational balance compare to work-life balance? Yeah, that's a great question. And I would say there's some key differences between work-life balance and occupational balance. So first, work-life balance suggests a distinct separation between work-life and home life. You said there, at the beginning, there's kind of this dichotomy for work-life balance. Um, when in reality, we know this is rarely the case and the things that we do influence each other, especially between work and home. And in contrast, occupational balance takes more of an interactional view, recognizing that the things we do constantly connect and influence each other. Um, second, work-life balance emphasizes how our life is impacted by our personal choices and family life, but it typically has little consideration for how society influences our life and the things going on in the world around us. Occupational balance, on the other hand, kind of looks at the bigger picture of how both our personal lives and societal factors influence and control what we do. So in considering this bigger picture, we can also explore resources and supports to make um, participation in different occupations more equitable and accessible by using this concept over work-life balance. And finally, uh, there's this vagueness to the concept of work-life balance for a lot of people. And kind of asking what does this component of life and work-life balance entail <laughs> and how do I take action to improve this? It's very vague, but occupational balance on the other hand provides more guidance and recognizes the complexities and wide variety of activities that we do in our daily lives. And in its definition itself, it's not just a concept, but kind of acts as a tool to give us a way to actively reflect and evaluate that quality, quantity, and variety of things we do in our lives and make those personalized plans for change with that definition itself. Now, that's that's really helpful. I think, you know, in, in my own work life um, and, and personal life, I find that the concept of work-life balance, that vagueness in the life piece is, is particularly prevalent. I mean, um, you know, work is work, but life enca encapsulates so many different pieces that you mentioned earlier. It could be home life, you know, um, connecting with family and friends or, um, you know, uh, having time to take care of yourself, your self-care. So there's just so many pieces that are a part of the life 
uh, aspect of work-life balance. And I think occupational balance does a really good job of considering all of those different aspects of one's personal life. So um, really appreciate that, that explanation. I think it's, it's really helpful. Um, you know, for, for our employers that are listening, do you have any suggestions on how they could integrate the concepts of occupational balance into their workplace culture, especially for those employers that might be currently looking at it in the dichotomy of a work-life balance? Yeah, so there's a number of ways that um, employers can incorporate occupational balance into the workplace. First, I would say creating policy that supports flexible work, work schedules is something that we talk about um, a lot with relation to work-life balance also, but I think it's especially important for occupational balance um, because it really allows employees to be able to do the things that they need to do in their day and having that flexibility is important. Also along with that though come be, um, comes manager education and having them understand the importance of occupational balance so they have buy-in to support these flexible work policies so they can actually be utilized by employees. Also providing programming and resources to promote occupational balance I think is important. One example that's pretty specific is um, a lot of employers provide incentives such as gym memberships for employees to be physically active and for health promotion. And this incentive is great and valuable to probably many employees, but giving other opportunities for physical activity and, and can be a way to integrate occupational balance. So for example, um, partnering with local businesses to promote these other physical activity, um, things like dance studios, martial arts classes, um, gymnastics gyms, things like that, and offering discounts and things like that would be a way to promote occupational balance and exploration of new occupations. And similarly, doing other promotionals for leisure activities and educational things in the community can be really useful. So um, promoting art classes, book clubs, things like that to give leisure and education um, to your employees outside of work is really important. I would say these examples are pretty specific, like I said, but the most important thing is really listening to your employees. And I wanna emphasize that the best way to build occupational balance in the workplace culture is to reach out and receive input from your employees. Find out what your employees find meaningful and fulfilling and find opportunities to incorporate these things in the workplace. Um, also just identifying what areas of occupation your employees are struggling with, why they're struggling, um, and then working with them to come up with solutions for support and resources can really improve their occupational balance and also show that you as the employer really value their ability to do all the things that they want and need to do both in and out of work. And, you know, I think a lot of the employers or, or just listeners in general um, might be surprised that they haven't heard about this concept. And I understand it's a somewhat emerging concept in the United States. Um, what evidence is out there to support the impact of occupational balance um, on health and well-being? Yeah, so this is an emerging topic, even in the profession of occupational therapy. So most of the evidence comes from the Scandinavian Journal of Occupational Therapy and Canadian Journal of Occupational Therapy. They're kind of ahead of it um, compared to here in the U.S., like you said. So first, um, there's evidence showing that having high occupational balance has been associated with higher self-ratings and things like physical health, mental health, and life satisfaction. 
and that high occupational balance has been linked to lower levels of stress and better quality sleep, which we know is very important for employees. Um, second, for individuals living with chronic illness, poor occupational balance has been shown to negatively impact their ability to manage and recover from illness. So this has been shown for patients with fibromyalgia, inflammatory arthritis, and individuals recovering from mental illness. And vice versa, individuals living with chronic conditions such as obesity and other conditions associated with activity impairments, um, are more likely to experience poor occupational balance. So there's this relationship that's shown with chronic illness that occupational balance impacts chronic illness, but also chronic illness impacts occupational balance. So it's really this kind of cyclical effect. And because occupational balance has been shown to influence both overall health and well-being and someone's ability to manage chronic health, it really has this potential to be an area of focus for to um, disease prevention, both to help people maintain their health and manage their health if they have pre-existing conditions. Well, I know a lot of our, our employer members have, have strong well-being programs. And so I think, you know, that the idea of, of utilizing this occupational balance concept within their well-being programs and, and with the suggestions that you provided could, could be a great opportunity to, to bring it here to the U.S. a little uh, stronger. Yeah, definitely. Um, for those that are interested in learning a little more about occupational balance, what resources are available for them to, to explore? Yeah, so like we just talked about, since it is an emerging area, uh, there's not a whole lot of resources, unfortunately, currently available, but there are some general information that can be found on the American Occupational Therapy Association website. And um, there's a number of OT blogs, such as OT Hub, where it's been discussed um, there's some about occupational balance in the COVID-19 pandemic and other um, blog posts relating to occupational balance. And I'll say overall, um, all the occupational therapists I know are very passionate and willing to discuss how occupation is fundamental to our health and well-being, which is a key component of occupational balance. And a shameless plug for um, the soon-to-be graduates like myself and new OT graduates, um, they likely have been introduced to the topic of occupational balance in their training. So I would say really reaching out and talking to an OT if you have someone in your life that you know is a great resource to discuss the topic more. So uh, with that being said, I'll pass that assignment off to the other OTs of the world and OT students of the world to continue spreading knowledge about the importance of occupational balance and how we can incorporate it in our lives. Well, that's great. I think, you know, always having, you know, some, someone who, who is, uh, you know, an expert in the areas is a great kind of primary resource for, for topics like this. So um, I'll echo your comments to, to talk with your, your OT or, or try and make connections with an OT. I know, you know, you're with the Washington University School of Medicine to so you, and I imagine those in your cohort will all be, be looking for some experience to, to, you know, work with employers or, or organizations in the community. So, yeah. Um, you know, Alicia, this has been so helpful. It's been, you know, really great to just better understand the concept of occupational balance and, and have the opportunity to introduce it to, you know, our listeners. Um, you know, we really appreciate your insights and look forward to taking these occupational balance uh, concepts to our members um, in the future. So thank you so much again for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been great. 
Thank you for listening to the Be Health Connected podcast. For additional episodes or to learn more about employer resources available through the St. Louis Area Business Health Coalition, please visit www.stlbhc.org.